Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Greg Blom. How's it going? Greg, and you're going to sit in for Matt today, right? I think so, yeah. He's missing out. Mm-hmm. He's he missing really out. Is. Before we get started, I need to let everyone know that Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, which is the business that me, myself, and my absent co-host own together. We help people build stuff on the internets. That's not what you do, Greg. Nope. You, uh, you're the co-founder of Omega Power Creamer, yeah, which has an interesting story that we're going to tell today. I think so. Yeah. So, dude, let's just let's let people know what is Omega Power Creamer. So, Omega Power Creamer is a keto-friendly coffee creamer. Okay. Um, He's going to hand me some of this right now. Go. I'm going to hold it up for the camera, so if you're on YouTube, you can see this. Okay, Omega Power Creamer. This is the original blend. Made with grass-fed ghee. Ghee. Ghee? Ghee. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of like the milk fat of butter. Okay. Um, and coconut oil and MCT oil. And yeah, we have five flavors now, which we just released the pumpkin spice as well. So perfect timing for Yeah, my wife is like a total pumpkin spice junkie. Like that's probably what I should – I should probably sprinkle myself with pumpkin spice because then she'd probably like me a lot more. But, yeah, that is good timing. So, all right. So, this is a product. It's keto-friendly. Um, I've been on the keto diet. My wife's been on it. Watson's on it. I saw or that. has been. It's popular. Is everything about the Omega Power Creamer keto-driven? It's it's very keto-driven and just, yeah, hitting on, like, low carbs, low okay. sugar and high quality fats. I'm not technically on the keto diet. I might be more on the Atkins. Like yeah. I just like low carb, Yeah. but I kind of don't do it all the time mm-hmm. because I can't just live off of like meat, meat and fats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just like eventually after like a few months, it kind of gets, gets old for me. So anyway, this is a product that you get, you guys can check it out. Uh, you know, I love it when everyone is interactive. So if you have the ability to go to powercreamer.com, or at Power Creamer on the gram. Check it out. So, all right. You've sold quite a bit of this stuff. We have, yeah. Yeah. And congrats on that, by the way. Thank you. And that's kind of what we want to talk about. So, you know, first off, what made you start this? Like, where did this come from? Well, so my old roommate and I, after, like, we lived together in college. We lived together post-college. And we both had just, like, we... We went into like, I went into accounting. He went into like finance econ and he got like an insurance job after college. We're both kind of like, all right, like let's try to find something on the side that we can do to hopefully, you know, find something more passionate that we're about. So this is right about the time when like keto started like, like showing up in like California. So we're kind of just trying to spot trends. Right. And we know the Atkins diet was out a long time before that. Yeah. A long time before that. And it kind of faded. And it's like almost making a resurgence with keto, which is slightly different, but still. I mean, to be, and for those of you who don't know the difference, Atkins is just like low carb. It's like low carb. I saw that for the first time like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and I remember because I worked at, I worked at this pizza place and we also made burgers and a guy came in and he just he was like, man, I'm on this new diet and I can eat ham I can eat all the hamburgers I want, but I can't have the bun. I was like, man, that's crazy. How can you possibly be on a good diet where you just eat hamburgers? Just eating burgers. Okay, so now you're spotting trends. Yeah, we're spotting trends and we both are experimenting with our diets and um, at that point, I was going into work and taking I, – I was drinking this Bulletproof coffee and I was taking individual ingredients and taking them to work and realized like, all right, this is kind of a hassle because I'm taking like different fats to work, which can spill, whatever. So, and, and let people know like the Bulletproof coffee. I don't think everybody knows what that is, but sure. I saw my wife was drinking it on keto. And I was like, what are you doing? You're like putting butter in your coffee. It's basically butter and like coconut oil. Or MCT oil in your coffee. So what's the purpose? Like, what's the purpose of doing that? Like, what's the dietary like design of why that? Because when I think about, hey, I want to lose weight, putting butter in my coffee isn't the intuitive thing to do. You wouldn't think, right? Right. So it's basically to replace having any type of sugars or carbs in the morning. So you're replacing them with healthy fats. So to start your day, you're just not consuming any. It's a basically a replacement. Um, and these healthy fats, like. With the MCT oil as well, it it provides your body with more immediate an immediate source of energy. It like bypasses the liver; it's like really fast. Um, so yeah, it's just like it's it's just the the healthy fats are like the the fuel for your body instead of like using glucose, which is just like the sugars and carbs. Okay, so now you see this, but at this point, you're not making power creamer. We were not. We were experimenting. <laughs> Apparently, we were making like versions of it in our um, in our apartment, and like we got to the point where we like gave up on the idea because we had to refrigerate it because we were trying it with butter, and that's when we found like stumbled across like ghee. And so, how long ago, how long ago was this? This was in like early 2015. It's four years ago. Mm-hmm. Four or five years. Okay. Okay, so you're in your kitchen, in your apartment. Now, for those of you that haven't made it to the YouTube channel, Greg's a young-looking dude. So five years ago, you probably looked even younger, but you're in your mid-20s, you're out of college, you're (laughs) you're in your apartment, and you're running weird science experiments over the stove. We were. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, where did the first first anything come out? So we we talked to, like, we were living in St. Louis at the time, and we talked to... uh, St. Louis University, they have a kitchen there. And okay. we're like, all right, well, once we had the, the product ready, it was like the early form of it. But we're like, let's bottle it and just put it up on our Shopify website. So they let us go in there and make small batches of power creamer. At that at that time, it was just the original flavor. So so you, were you doing this when you, you said in St. Louis? Was it at the university or was it somewhere else? It was at the university. Their, so their did they have a commercial kitchen, kitchen that you could kitchen. lease for like hours at a time? Yep. Okay. I think a lot of people, if you're listening and you want to do a food startup, like I was just first exposed to this a few years ago. It's actually a friend of mine was telling me about edibles, like <laughs> you know, cannabis edibles. Right. And I was like, where the hell are you going to make these? And he's like, Oh, you can rent commercial space and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Fantastic. Oh wow, that's an interesting poss- you know, possibility. But he was telling me that, you know, you can get everything you need in a commercial kitchen for small amounts of time, schedule it out, you know, whatever you're making, whether you're making power creamer or anything, edible gummies or whatever. Right. But, um, okay. So obviously at this point you're thinking, 
we might make something here. Yeah. Um, we saw potential with it, but with just being on Shopify, like we were having to drive all the traffic to our site, right? And it's yep. like the early stages. Um, so we did a few runs at SLU and we, so my. And SLU is St. Louis. St. Louis University, University yeah. Kitchen. So one of my friend's dads owns a like, he like bottles different barbecue sauces and salsas and all that. So it's a, it's a manufacturer. So we found, we, we approached them with this idea of if they can make it for us because everything would be like way more FDA compliant. It would, mm-hmm. it would alleviate all our concerns with the labeling. Um, and he was like, we sat down with him and one of the other people he works with. And she's like, are we doing this just like as a favor? Cause it doesn't really make sense for our company. Like, there's not much, there are not many units and all that. And he's just like, yeah, let's just try it. You're trying to do like 50 or something like that. Yeah, we're, like, we're just okay. doing like small runs. And right. You, and most times, like when you're doing any food product, there's like high minimums. Yeah, like, sure. Like, approach anyone. So like, like this would be great if we can get in with low minimums. And um, I mean, going forward, like they're, they pretty much cut most of their bottling line and we're now like top three on the revenue in terms of any product. So they didn't even want to let you on the line and now they're pretty thrilled to have you. I think so. Okay. So let's back up a little bit and let's talk about, so you, you, all right, we don't have to get too far into, you found a commercial kitchen, you found a place to get the stuff into bottles and you're selling it on your own site, but you mentioned something about FDA compliance and stuff like that. And I think that this is one of the things that's tricky with products like this. So, I mean, you clearly have a startup here. Yep. Um, we're here on startup hustle and this is all a hustle. By the way, this pro I'm holding your product. This looks good. Now I'm assuming it did not. It did not. When look it first came out, right. Did it look a little ratchet? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. So at this point, cause you're, you're talking about doing like this little tiny run of stuff. I mean, you're probably like printing labels on your printer and goofy it, it, stuff like that. Right. Yes. So in your Shopify store, and for those of you that, man, Shopify is cool. Like you can do a lot of stuff. I mean, people that have big high volume, uh, e-commerce stores use Shopify and just don't even know it, but it gives you, uh, it gives you a well-rounded experience as a seller because it just helps you print labels and keep inventory and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But you have to drive traffic. I think the mistake that so many people make, whether it's a software platform or, or grass fed ghee or whatever you're selling is just because you build it does not mean they will come. They will not come. Yeah. (laughs) So, so let's talk about that. what do you do to drive some traffic? Um, we, from the start, we kind of like hit on the influencer marketing, um, aspect of things. And at that time, like even like, two years up to like two years ago a year and a half ago it was like super effective sure it's it still can be and it still can yeah. be but then it was like a different level easy to like sure. just reach out and then they'll post it and you get you get sales it was like it was crazy to see like obviously you have to have the right product for that but still um so were you aiming at people that were in the influencers in the world of health or diet or just like and we saw like the rise of like people i don't know <laughs> The, the keto influencers okay. we saw coming up. So is easy. that a real thing? There's keto influencers? Influencers. Okay. Um, around like just anything around keto. So it it's was amazing. Keto. There's like yeah. an influencer for everyone. You know, one of our past guests was a guy named Ryan O'Connell who owns mm-hmm. a company called Boomin and they do the influencer marketing stuff. But he was in here talking about like the B and C influencers 
They aren't like Kylie Jenner who wants a quarter million dollars mm-hmm. for a post, but these are people that still have significant followings that for like a hundred, 200 bucks or something, throw it out there and you can get a, a fairly decent response. Right. And a lot of ours was just like sending product for a shout out for free. Sure. We didn't even have to pay and that we still try to use that model. Um, Do you know that if you send your products to us here at full scale, we will probably shout you out because we have that's this pen. Do you like this pen? It's, this, very nice. it's got a big diamond. On, thank you, Penco. <laughs> and I'm drinking thou mayest coffee. Oh, it gets too. Yes. Local Bo uh-huh. brought this by. Thank you, Bo. So yes, as you can see, we will shout you out. Um, okay. So, but, you only you only bottled like fifty things, dude. Did you actually sell out? Um, we were selling at a pretty good rate. That's why we approached. Um, we tried to get someone to make it for us instead of going to the kitchen. We also almost like we got a pro. We didn't get like in trouble by the FDA, but they were like, "You better check your labels to like make sure that this like we label this as a food, but MCT oil is a supplement." So it's like this middle ground of like, how do you label this product? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it was tricky. So do you have to hire someone to get advice on that. Um, we didn't have to hire anyone. We had, we kind of like sought out our own advice and, um, yeah, the company that now makes it for us, they have good guidance on that as well. Got a bootstrapping alert here. Mm-hmm. Clearly like seeking, you know, were you surprised at how willing people were to help you just cause you asked? Pretty much. I mean, there was a lot of people willing to help. Like, yeah. It's like they probably don't get approached very often by something like this. I so. mean, they might or they might not. Or, I mean, maybe just asking nicely works. Yeah. Like, I think that, um, you know, I always tell people that are trying to get something started. I say, you know, go find some people that are already doing what you want to do and just go ask them. Just say, hey, look, because the, yeah. the likelihood that someone helped them will is high. Is very high. And they're going to, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, tribal knowledge it's just mm-hmm. you gotta pass it down okay so you're wrangling some things some fda regulations and stuff <laughs> like that see i'm like looking at this right now it's talking about nutritional facts like how do you even figure out that there are 120 calories in one serving of this just based on percentages of the fats in there which a lot of the fats have like similar profiles but um there are legitimately like no carbs and no protein in this so it's just all fat so it's kind of easy to so that's just based on ratios because mm-hmm. a calorie is a unit of heat. You don't have right. to like melt it or burn it up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You do or don't. Um, we don't have it to. Just, so that's how this is just figured out. They say if you've got X amount of this in there, then that's 80 calories and you add some yeah, that's interesting. cholesterol and this and that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So influencer marketing's popping. Yep. You got to go a little further than that. I mean, so like, I'm sure that drove some traffic to the Shopify site, but did you then have issues with order fulfillment? Um, a little bit. We were fulfilling them out of our apartment for the long, like for a while. Right. <laughs> and yeah, we were spending like, we're like, you know, we're working on this after work and we're spending a lot of the time, like just fulfilling orders. And it's like, we want to be spending this time, like actually doing something working. else. Yeah. So um, yeah, it took a little time and we found a fulfillment company to do that for us. Um, fulfillment's a pain in the ass. It is. It I takes mean, a lot it, of time. it is, it is. I've talked to, uh, quite a few people about that, that want to sell products. So I was originally a product guy, you know, I worked mm-hmm. in the music industry for all the musical instrument side and kind of switched over to software, but yeah, man, that's like a, that's a whole thing. And, um, so with that, you know, I see you've got in my notes here, you have some uh, experience with Amazon. 
yeah, who so. will fulfill your orders for you. That's pretty great. But you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they charge 30% or depends on what you're doing. Like, yeah. I mean, it kind of varies. And sometimes people cringe. They're like, God, Amazon's so expensive. I'm like, so is having the fulfillment center or right. so is Storage fulfilling them yourself. And like when it's, it's tough too, because when you're getting started with something, like my books are an example. Like when a book comes out, if you market it well, you'll sell a whole bunch of them and then it looks like Enron stock. Like it just like dives off a cliff. Yeah. And then you're selling like onesie twosies. And so you kind of have to stop what you're doing in order to, you know, in order to ship a package or, you know, do something. And it's, it, you know, if you don't have like a whole bunch of them to send, yeah, it's, you're kind of like, ah, oh. and you should never really be sad when you sell something. But if you have to stop what you're doing to deliver one of them, yeah, it'll make you kind of sad. And drop it off at the post office. You're you're take it the, there, yeah. The yeah. whole process. And you don't have enough really going that UPS is going to come pick them up from you each day. And, right. Yeah. So, okay. So, you're just, so your fulfillment center, which is also known as your apartment <laughs> at this time. You, okay. So you did say you used a fulfillment center. Yeah. Like it, a real one. Like, tell people what that is because I think people want to sell products. It'd be good to know what, like, what that is and what they do. Um, so we ship them product, they store it. Um, and then yeah, they fulfill any order that comes through and ideally like they'll have access to like your Shopify to see those orders and then they create the shipping label, they apply it and they ship them out for you. And usually there's like some sort of maybe like around $3 fee to fulfill each, um, and so you're buying you're buying time in small doses that's of someone else that's already fulfilling the stuff. So right now I'm holding um, the other Omega Power Creamer. This is the cinnamon, also made with grass fed ghee, coconut oil, and MCT oil. So with that, how much does one of these bottles cost? It's 19.95. Okay, so it's a really high price creamer, right? Like in the space of creamers. Um, so it's so, like a dollar a serving is like the whole play. So um, most, but but keto stuff's expensive. Keto man. stuff is like expensive. I, I I lived off of Quest bars, yeah, for like a month, man. Like, God, for, thank you for the birthday cake flavored one. But <laughs> um, but those things are like two three bucks a piece. So right. like a dollar a serving doesn't really scare me when it comes to keto. Now if I'm right. just putting this in my coffee every morning and I'm not on keto, that might can add up. That might be a little different. Yep. Okay, but now you got to give three bucks away yep. to the fulfillment center. Yep. Were you paying for the shipping too? Pay for shipping. What's that? Around a couple bucks? Um, for this, I think it's up to like four dollars. Okay, so now USPS. seven. Now seven dollars is gone. Right. And does that include a box? Um, that includes box. Man, where does it go? Now you're down to thirteen bucks yep. out of your twenty. Yep. Okay, we won't talk about how much this cost to make. Hopefully, it's less than thirteen dollars. It's but, definitely less. Yeah. But okay, you also have the package. Yeah. You know all these little things, but all the little but things, the labels, it all the starts caps, to add yeah. up, man. Now that's the cost of doing business, though, right? That's right. Some people say it's the price of tea in China. We'll say that is the price of power creamer in Kansas. <laughs> um, okay, so how long did it take you to get into Amazon? Um, at that point, so we applied and it took like three months because it was it was harder to get approved into the grocery store. I was section. gonna say, did they have a different so they have different rules for food products? For food products. Okay. And, I, and I'm not really sure like how long it takes to get in now to the grocery category on Amazon, but 
like I hope it takes some time because you don't want people to just be throwing out crazy products right. when no one is regulating it. Sure. Um, so yeah, it took us like three months and then we finally got on and we were, we had like, like maybe one competitor. So like in the space of keto coffee creamers, we were one of the first ones on there and we kind of owned that space and we just, we were getting a ton of organic traffic and we were winning on all the ad spots. So Amazon's interesting because, you know, I saw I have three books and I've become familiar with Amazon because Mm -hmm. of that. And they they definitely are all about your sales velocity. Absolutely. So they will put you at the top of the list for a whole lot of stuff if you're selling and they will put you at the bottom of the list pretty fast if you're not. Page two, page three. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're not getting found. So we're not going to get too far into your financials here, but you have sold well over a million dollars worth of Omega coffee creamer, which congrats. And we'll let the, the... We'll let the the guests guess on how much that is because people listen to these in all different. Someone's going to listen to this in like a year, and you're going to double your sales volume by then. Okay, so did you have to send a whole lot of this to Amazon? You can send any quantity, really, but they'll charge you if you don't sell it fast enough. They will if it sits around. And, And so, speaking to that, does this have a shelf life? It's about a year. That's okay. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, perishable things are rough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's another thing too, that anytime something's perishable, you got a whole, you got to sell it before it goes bad. Right. Have to. And no one wants you delivering something with an expiration date a week from now either. Amazon will straight take you. Like if you're in there and they see that the expiration date's close, they will remove your product. They may even just throw it away and not even tell you like, well, I mean, yeah, but but they, they should, they should. Cause yeah. Well, that's a, you got to keep in mind that Amazon is a marketplace and they, and the, while they do, it's crazy that they're well over 50% of all e-commerce sales at this point, but you know, they want you to have a good experience and you know, people have a love hate with them on some levels, you know, as sellers like, Hey, this is expensive, but they can make your life pretty easy and they can put a lot of eyeballs on your stuff. I look at Amazon as a search engine. Absolutely. It's a search engine where everybody's there to buy which on some levels makes it way better than Google. Intent to buy, yeah. yeah Very yeah. important. Okay, so now as the volume starts picking up, were you able to start capitalizing on the ability to pop this out at more than batches of like four dozen? That was that was uh, how having like, like a, a producer, like that was a big advantage because we couldn't be doing this in like the kitchen still, right. you know? So we can just scale up and they were able to like accommodate that. Um, was that technically a co-packer? Is that what that is? Basically. Is that, okay. Yeah. So they, yeah, they pretty much, they'll mix the product, they'll bottle it, they'll, and they'll like ship it to Amazon for us. So it's like, we're, we're able like, we're a remote company. So I'm in, I'm living in Casey Mo and my co-founders in Minnesota right now. So we've been running this remotely when a lot of, like our co-packer is in like Illinois. So we're doing this all remotely. So it's kind of like hard to like keep an Eagle's eye on it, but we've been able to like do this for three years. That makes you at this point, because the formula has been similar, right? Right. So now you're a marketing company, right? Yeah. Which Big is, time. which, what you have to like, you're a marketing company that happens to sell power creamer. Right. On some levels, but I mean, that's all, that's what it's about, right? Yeah. Very good point. Cause it doesn't matter how awesome your product is. If you can't sell it, my God, there's so many great things that have just been sold poorly. It doesn't seem like this is one of them. Okay. So now 
Amazon's changed a lot. I mean, and it continues to evolve. Um, <laughs> so, you know, one of, one of my regular co-hosts is Andrew Morgan's from Marknology and we do some frequent updates about Amazon and, and some of it changing. And one of the things we talked about um, was Amazon has designated what they call crap. Can't realize a profit. And they're not allowing certain things to be sold. Uh, Watson was just talking about uh, a couple episodes ago, talking about uh, trying to order dish soap. And they didn't have it because they can't make any money sending it. Selling it, stocking priced items. Yeah, things like certain things that are heavy, like 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 a case of Coke. Yeah, might be like what ten bucks or something like that, and you know, just doesn't you don't make any money, right? The shipping eats it up. Um, I mean, that's something I've been sensitive to. You know, the world of e-commerce has changed so much. I got out of the musical instrument business because I saw it changing so rapidly. Mm Because anywhere you could ship something, you didn't need a retail store. A guitar pedal is very standard product. Right. So, you know, over the last 15 years, especially the world of e-commerce has been greatly, greatly affected by not only by Amazon, but just the general seller's ability, like things like Shopify and eBay and stuff like that have made it easier and easier and easier to sell something. Yep. So what if some, what are some of the challenges that you had related to Amazon and we don't have to do anything to like chap them. But I mean, some of the things that, that have changed over time that have affected you, how have you adapted? What were they? Um, the big thing being competition, like there have been so many sellers going on like every day on Amazon, like with similar product. Um, there's been, so the keto coffee creamer has like, has gotten very competitive versus most other grocery categories. Um, and we've like held our own. We're still like probably like a top three product in there but um yeah the competition is pretty crazy and there's a lot of like weird products popping up i know like a lot of chinese sellers are coming in and like uh just trying to like take over listings i know and uh i kind of see like a listing for like an xbox and all of a sudden the next day it's a listing for like a coconut oil and they're using all the reviews there to like leverage that product weird it's very weird so they're stuff, like man. they list one thing and then they change the name of it yeah they'll change the title um, they'll change all that and considering like how many different things there are like the other day so i had a book come out like two weeks ago so i've been on amazon a lot as a seller and the book sold well and i and you start it's funny you look at your sales ranking and you know at one point it was it was like the three thousandth most popular book on amazon and yeah. i was like how many books are on amazon i looked at 32 million <laughs> i was like my god but you know and it's that same you know like you, there's just so many things out there i bet yeah. they have a hard time policing policing that. it for sure and it's like they have they have rules and regulations around like product listings and all that, but still I'm I mean, seeing dude, the, trying to keep up with all that. Yeah. I'm seeing with the big half guys, of the world's e-commerce or crazy. America or whatever. Like, dude, yeah. that's a daunting task. Yeah. Have you had any issues with knockoffs or anything um, similar? I mean, some people will try to buy, like buy a product and then list it as well. And there's companies that are sneaky and trying to buy wholesale and then they put it on Amazon and take like half of your sales because they'll, put it at the same price they undercut you for mm-hmm. by like a quarter so we're like we have an agreement it's like no one can uh, no one else can sell on amazon so we can own our own yeah andrew product. was telling me there was a what i can't remember what it was called it's like fencing or there's some 
option mm-hmm. where you can like, I mean, essentially build a fence around your product. Yeah. You know, I can't remember what it's called. Do There's you know? like a brand registry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Something similar that. to that and some other things that were meant to help protect that. You know, at one point Amazon had an issue because we'll just use a iPod as an example. And, you know, people would send in this particular iPod and maybe it was blue and they just threw them all in a bin. Yeah. And so then sometimes knockoff products and uh, maybe iPod's not a good example. Let's use Beats headphones because yeah. that is a good example yeah, where, be in there. where you would have knockoff products coming in from nefarious sellers that had managed to import them successfully. Yeah. And they're just throwing them all in a bin. And then sometimes sellers need their stuff back or want it back or something. And they're just pulling back out of the bin. So yeah. you sent in like a hundred legit pairs of something and they had sellers that were getting, you know, they, cause you know, in seller central, you can actually kind of run your own store and fulfillment right. and delivery stuff like that. So they had people getting, bunk stuff basically yeah, yeah i think they they're doing a little better at at policing that but i think they're going to keep they're going to have to because they've been sued multiple times for different things and yeah um, i think just like they're probably going to have to enforce like some sort of pro like product liability on companies because there's nothing right now like, yeah. we don't need like anywhere else we'd have to provide some sort of liability so that'll be a barriers to entry for most so here we are and we're going to break the news. You have also made a deal with Walmart. We have struck a deal with Walmart. How's that going? It has been something else, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got to go look that up on YouTube because the look on your face kind of gave that away, and that's why I asked. Like, yeah. It's a process. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's just like a lot yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, okay, now some people make a deal with Walmart and it's not it doesn't end up being everything they wanted and that's what i always hear too and i'm i'm getting like a first-hand view of that i'm like all right let's see what happens we can always like we have the option of of getting out of it they have an option of like removing us so it's kind of like there's no contract in place for timeline so yeah and then and then not to downplay the power of the power creamer but walmart i mean dude they're they do what they want to do yeah not what you you want to do they do what they want to do not what you want to do and they want a good deal and then the thing is too is like dude there are 10 gabillion walmarts Mm. and if they're going to stock you i mean and then you have other issues too that come up so now walmart wants fifty thousand of these things it's like oh boy you don't have fifty thousand of them and you're not used to producing fifty thousand of them or funding fifty thousand of them or carrying the receivable on yeah. 50,000 of them. And Walmart doesn't pay you ahead of time. Nope. Where they give you net 60, net 90, net well, whatever they yeah. want to give you. Yeah. Okay. So did you have to go to like one of those Walmart shows where you like have to like almost, it's like, uh, it, it's almost like what, a, what a, like an infomercial, but you're not on TV. <laughs> you're like basically auditioning your product for the Walmart buyers. Yeah. So they have an on-call event every year in Bentonville, their headquarters. Bentonville, and, Arkansas. Yeah. So we're like, we applied. I didn't even remember we applied and they were emailing us like eight times like, hey, you guys going to come? You going to come? And we're like, all right, I guess we should just go with like no expectation. Because last year I read like eight companies got a yes from them out of like the 200 that went. So I'm like, this is probably not going to lead to anything. One in 25, 4%. Yeah. And it was just like a sit down in like a little conference room with 
uh, category manager and an intern and we pitched our product We had 30 minutes, pitched our product and they gave us a yes. So we're like, okay, we okay. didn't discuss price yet. Like what's going on here? But they already know. They know what they're going to they pay. Know what, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And they're, they're like, all right, uh, so go down there, go to the media room and we're going to start taking pictures and we're going to get you like people are going to be calling you and stuff. Like, they want to make you feel really on? good before they tell you that they're going to pay you like shit. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. the whole time. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is kind of weird. So, um, well, congrats on yeah. that though. Cause I mean, here's the thing though, is like you're stamping some things that this is, that's a legitimacy stamp. Yeah. Um, speaking of pitching products, did I mention that this podcast is brought to you by fullscale.io? I'm supposed to say that a number of times. They've been getting after me for not doing well with that. You can also visit our Instagram page at at Startup Hustle Podcast on the gram where we're going to post some pictures of Power Creamer and us and who knows what else. Um, You can go to powercreamer.com, check out Greg's products and at Power Creamer also on Instagram. So, but so how long have you been at Walmart? So we are going to get in Walmart. Oh, you're not even, it's technically not even in yet. So we're get, we're about to get a PO. Yeah. And they got to give you a runway for that. And uh-huh. So yeah, they've accepted three of our flavors, our power creamer flavors and our collagen protein. Okay. And it's like a new, like nutritional beverage section. So Which flavors did you bring me? The ones that Walmart accepted? The original. And we have the original has coconut, a, a vanilla and a cacao. So they did not accept the cinnamon, which I'm not sure why. Cause that one's pretty good, but Hmm. Yeah, they pro- dude, it's they have to be so scientific. They probably just didn't want to give you like an extra two inches of shelf. Yeah, <clears throat> like think about that. Like that's really how they have to think. Yeah, is like, yeah, well, right. I'm sorry, two inches of shelf would then mean we have to move the bread down, and <laughs> we won't be able to. And Wonder is paying them for the end cap. Yeah, did you have you gotten into any of that fun stuff yet? Not a whole lot. So that's going to be a learning experience too. Good luck with that. I I don't have a ton of experience with that, but I know some people that work have been in the grocery business. I mean, like, like the guy in charge of like 15 stores or whatever. Yeah. That was the first time I'd learned that. uh, And I don't think people know this, but you know, when you go to the end cap of a grocery store, a lot of those food products are paying the grocery store to be in that spot for placement, not the other way around. It's not the grocery store saying, Hey, we're going to put you down here. Cause we just love this. They're like, Hey, it's the other way around. It's the, it's the manufacturer and the producer. That's like, Hey, how about we, uh, we'll juice you in here. No <laughs> pun intended there. And we want the end cap or stuff like that. Or, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, and, and you know, so that's like a whole nother thing. So this, um, this, this label that you've got, it sticks out. That's something else I learned, um, about selling on Amazon. I, the first book that I published, I thought that I had the cover just nailed and I showed it to my editor. Who's been the editor of a dozen New York, New York times bestsellers. And he's yeah. like, he's like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? It's great. He goes, dude, shrink it down to a thumbnail size. And I did. And I couldn't even read the title. Can't and I was it. like, dude, you're clearly way better at this than me. Steps ahead. Yeah. yeah. But that's, but that matters. And you have to think about that because now, all right. So this is seriously, this is like two inches wide. Yeah. So this has to pop. This yeah. has to be somewhere where I'm going to notice it. Um, you're building a brand, yeah. which is hard. Very. Because you know, do you have big box competitors into this? Like, I mean, if Kellogg's yeah. decides to start making this, well, you might have to give those six inches on the shelf back. Yeah. Is that a concern? A little bit. Um, 
there are definitely players with way like way more money than us that yeah. could jump in, but like like we I think we're a recognizable brand in the space at this point and a lot of people have tried us. Um so at least that we have that going for us and like new flavors. I feel like we always have to be like doing something new or fresh in the space, like a new flavor. Like we make, we changed our label at one point, just like something new that catches people's eye because things just get stale and there's always new options. So you always have to be just like pushing forward. You know, when you're on the keto diet or things like, I'm going to just refer to this as a limited diet. Like you don't have a wide array no. of things that you can eat, drink and be cool with. Yeah. So like I mentioned the quest bar which is a pretty much a mainstay of the keto for solid things. Right. I mean, is that fair to say? Like yeah. I got a lot of quest bars at home, dude, but you, you get over that stuff really quickly. So if you can find something that you like and you go with it, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that that would, you probably get a lot of repeat business. Yeah. Or if people don't like it, then they throw it away. Who knows? Just one of those things you can just, it's kind of like a staple in the morning. It's like, if you choose to go this route, you're going to probably keep, keep up with it so maybe the timing was perfect and i didn't even think about this so yesterday i binged watched the food that made america okay have you seen it? i have not seen that do you know what it is i think so it's on history channel so okay. the history channel which i'm a i'm a history channel nerd yeah um they it started they had the men who built america and it was talking about like rockefeller and ford oh, yeah. and uh andrew carnegie and they've kind of spun that off so they did the food that made america and it's talking about like Hershey, Kellogg's, Kellogg. Post. Um, um, there's a whole bunch of them. McDonald's yeah. is in there. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And like, so um, in like 1900, I, these are things you don't realize. There was no regulation over food. There was no control over the advertising. So like Hershey at one point made a big splash during the Great Depression. And they're like, we have enough peanuts in this chocolate bar that it equals a pound of meat. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But sense. they were, but but for ten cents or whatever it was, you're like, you know what? That's a better meal than what I can't afford. So they actually did really well. But prior to that, um, you know, people would go to the market. They're like buying old meat and just like gross stuff. And like, yeah, like the, the food industry was apparently really cutthroat. Um, but one thing that I learned about this, like, you know, all right. So who invented the assembly line? Ford. Wrong. Hershey had an assembly line in their factory 10 years before Ford did. Is that right? Isn't that crazy? That is like, crazy. I mean, we, that's, uh, that was just like law. I was just like, yeah, Ford invented. No, no, did not. Hershey was actually one of the first manufacturing facilities to go all electric wow. and to have an assembly line. And they literally said, they said 10 years before Ford did it in their factories. Dang, they had to change the school books, huh? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Like you just, but you know, that was, I, I was shocked when I heard that I actually like rewinded it. I was like, did I hear that yeah, right? That and right. then, yeah, but it was, it was cool. And so like, you know, so much of that stuff, uh, was really played around marketing. Yeah. Okay. So with that, cause we're, we're running out of time here. So what, let's talk marketing for just a second for someone that wants to, all right, we're in a, we're in a day and age where you can rock a niche product and do all right with it. You just did it. For sure. People may, you know, we're in Kansas city. It's a, we like to call ourselves the, the barbecue capital of the world. A lot of people make barbecue sauce. You see a lot of variety and a lot of things yeah. out there. Give us a, I'm going to just give you the mic here and you can just, what do you have? If you are a food product startup, what 
is something you need to avoid or something you need to like drop some knowledge on. It's great. Need to avoid whatever you want to, you can see the mic is yours. I'm going to just sit here. I'm going to shake this power creamer and maybe drink some. I think you really need to know like who your target audience is and like you can, you can back into that almost, but you really have to just be different, like have a good differentiated product. It doesn't have to be like first to market. It can be, like a play off of something existing, but it has to be something either like newer or better. And you like, we followed the trends from the start to find like this product. And we just saw something working and it's like, we tweaked it slightly and put it like made it all in one and put it on the market. Right. So it's just like, we didn't create this market. We just fit into it. It's like, you don't have to like try to be the first mover and like try to bring all the education and awareness for a product. You can just, you just have to be just paying it, pay attention and spot the trends. Um, and yeah, just that was a bring question. something yeah. new, bring yeah. something new to the table. But, but the trends can, can matter though. Yeah. I mean, and they do change though. So they you change. have to be aware cause you can't like, if it's like the keto diet might not be popular in two years. Nope. So it do you have to, so is that part of your thought process? Like, Hey, we have to be prepared to be agile. Yeah, so because um, Atkins was big and then it wasn't. Yeah, Atkins products, and, and then it was like, almost like people were like shitting on the Atkins diet. Like yeah. maybe that pun was intended, but they were kind of trashing them because when Atkins died, I remember rumors there. Because Atkins has always worked for low carbs, always worked for me. I'm a big guy. Always, I'm six me four. Too. I weigh a lot. I'm like, you know, anywhere. 225 to 235 but yeah. i can go on low carb and i'll lose 10 pounds in a week i mean it comes right off yeah me, man. and uh and it agrees with me because any diet where i can eat bacon that's great and steak <laughs> and like that's what i and like yeah i'm cool with that yeah um and you know i was worried about that my doctor was like there's something about the absence of carbs that burns all that bad crap out yeah but eventually you start to kind of become ravenous for some bread or like something at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need some sort of carbs here. Okay. So, um, that was good advice on the other thing. What about now? Do you do anything to push this like in person? Like I know there's online stuff, but like, do you go out and I mean, there's probably a zillion places you can sell this. I know. Um, so we've done, we've made a push to get into like retail or earlier this year, but I think like it was new for us. Like we're in, we're in some stores, we're in some coffee shops, but um, like our approach towards it, like we're not, we're new to that space. So like, we're like, let's get really good at online and try to make a good enough product that people will come to us. And that was, that's kind of worked, but we still need to like, you know, make our way into these places and start pitching in person, which we haven't done as much as we should have. Um, in that regard. So we've mostly focused online so far. Is being in Walmart something that will help that or hurt that? Because some people don't want to have the same stuff. Right. Like if you can buy it at Walmart, because Walmart's going to get it cheaper than me. Yeah. Um, I, don't I, go, I don't go to Walmart. I don't usually either. Yeah. Um, I think it'll I don't help. even go to the store. I'm not going to lie. My wife. Amazon's if good. my wife quits shopping, I will die. <laughs> I will starve and die. Like there's no doubt. I can't survive. So, Jill, if you're listening, I might bring you some keto-friendly creamer today, and please go to the store. Yeah, you can have those. Thanks. <laughs> Are these expired? <laughs> I'm just Absolutely kidding. Not. I'm just kidding. Well, look, this was interesting. Anything else you want you want to add? Um, Other than go to powercreamer.com or at Power Creamer. Yeah, we got pumpkin spice if you're interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's God. It, this was the earliest ever that Starbucks let it's the like, let the, the beginning gonna, of July. It's going to happen in next year in March. Like pumpkin spice lattes are out. It's back, dude. My wife really does go crazy for that stuff. I'm sure you'll do well with it. Just wait till it gets like have one cool day, and it's like, all right, it's pumpkin spice. Just wait till one leaf turns orange, and yeah. then you turn, you hit the button, you hit the you hit the button on the on the advertising, and all about <laughs> it. Okay, so once again, if you want to check out what Matt Watson and I do, go to FullScale.io. We help people build software teams quickly and affordably. You can check out the other stuff we do. I'm also the founder of Gigabook.com. We'll help you take appointments online. Matt's the founder of Stackify. It'll help your website run better, faster, cleaner. Go check that out. They have a free product too. Um, if you want to check out Power Creamer, powercreamer.com, at Power Creamer on the gram, and we are at Startup Hustle as well. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.